Are you criticizing a dog character for not talking? That's your main criticism of the dog. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Good Bad Show. I'm Andy. And I'm Matt. This is a show where we discuss whether something is good or bad. How's that for you, Matt? Nice and simple. No words. For once, I agree. Nothing complicated about that, huh? I'll disagree later, I'm sure. But for now, I think we're on the same page. All right. Well, on this show, Matt, I did some thinking, as I want to do. I like where we landed on the last show. We were talking about bad things being the lack of good things, being like a, a vacuum, right? Like, it's not that there are features that make things bad. It's just that when you have a total lack of good things, you have a bad thing because there's nothing redeeming about it. There's no boxes to check. Therefore, it's bad. Yeah, that feels in the right direction. I think we're exploring some good territory. But that makes it difficult, right? Because I'm of the belief that bad things, truly undeniably bad things, we probably just for the most part aren't aware of. Or we don't have a shared relationship with them, right? Like maybe I saw a really terrible TV show or something, but chances are it's not popular because it's actually an undeniably bad thing. Therefore, you haven't seen it. And it wasn't successful and it got canceled and didn't have a second season. Uh, and, you know, there's a million reasons why bad things are probably more likely to fail than good things, though, as I think we'll cover, not guaranteed. So I think it's going to be difficult in this show for us to dig up things that, are, that I'm going to stand by being undeniably bad that people are familiar with. It's going to be hard to find those bad topics, which I think just makes us really optimistic dudes, don't you think? Oh, I think also you, you only seek out certain kinds of things and yeah, the good things. you only indulge in those. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to catch you watching a bad TV show anytime soon. Eh, sometimes. Sure. Yeah? Is Star Trek bad all of a sudden? No, Star Trek's the best. <laughs> okay, well then, I don't know if you watch anything else but Star Trek. Uh, sometimes I see another TV show over Hillary's shoulder. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, let's talk about things you see as you pass through the living room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't think The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is that good of a show. I think it's kind of average. Really? Forgettable. I think, I think it's pretty good, actually. Well, guess what? This episode's not about The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> okay, good. This episode is instead about something I thought up that I am so comfortable and confident standing on the ground that it is undeniably bad that everyone is familiar with and that thing is garfield garfield is the worst it's terrible i've taken some notes to explain why garfield is terrible how are you so familiar with garfield or do you do you just have the same like base level knowledge that i do or it's just a cat who doesn't like lasagna or who does like oh, lasagna? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry you missed it yeah here's the thing I have not read a ton of Garfield in my life. I, I'm pretty sure growing up, we had a Garfield uh, collection sitting on the shelf next to the Peanuts collection and yeah. the numerous volumes of Calvin and Hobbes collections. Uh, so I'm pretty sure I leafed through that as a child. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with the tropes, with the characters of the comic strip. But here's the thing, Matt. I haven't read a ton of it because, first of all, it's impossible. Your brain will melt and fall out of your head because yeah. it's so bland and repetitive. Second of all, you don't have to read that much of it to get the same joke that's repeated over and over and over again. So I'm prepared to explain to you why I think Garfield is undeniably bad. I have some causation, I have some correlation, and I have some effects to it being undeniably bad. Then we can break it down from there. Oh, I'm excited. This is going to be an easy one for me. This is great. Let's do it. They're all easy ones for you. <laughs> you don't do any prep. Anyway, here's what we're doing. Uh, the first reason that Garfield is terrible is because the characters are completely flat. What, do you expect the newspaper to be 3D? That's really difficult, Andy. Come on. Yuck, 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 yuck. That was funnier than a Garfield comic strip. So, <laughs> first we have Garfield. 
the titular cat of the of the comic. Yes. Uh, then we have John, Garfield's owner. We've yep. got Nermal. We've got Odie. We've got uh, the doctor that John has a crush on, which is weird and super objective. The only woman, the only human woman in the whole comic strip is just the object of this incompetent man's lust. Well, of course it is, because it's the only human in the entire thing. Who else is he supposed to lust after? <laughs> well, exactly. So, so that's the cast of characters I'm able to call to mind. I think, uh, doesn't Garfield have a pet, like a, a stuffed uh, bear that is a weird character, even despite never having a line because it's a stuffed bear? Oh, I don't know. I don't even know who Normal is. Normal is the female cat that is in the universe. In, like, this is the thing. It's like, wh- what is even their relationship? I think they're in the neighborhood. Who knows? These characters are all completely boring and flat, and there's nothing to dig into about any of them. So, what, what is Garfield? Garfield is a fat cat that loves lasagna, that hates Mondays, uh, that is uh, vaguely hostile, though never so much so to his owner, John. Uh, well, it doesn't like spiders either. That's a whole other thing. He doesn't like spiders. Um, each of these is like the most one-dimensional character trait possible. Like there's no depth to them. There's no interest. None of them are related to each other. They don't paint a picture of a, of a living thing and of an emotional state and of a character. It's just completely flat. And that's our main character. That's probably the most dynamic character in the entire strip. John is just, uh, he's just like if Mr. Magoo was not funny or interesting. Like he's just... A completely incompetent, lonely, sad sap that never contributes anything of meaning to the to the comic, other than to make the people reading it feel superior to him, which is one of the ways, which we'll get into, that Garfield tricks you into thinking it's not bad because of that feeling of superiority over John, the incompetent owner of Garfield. This is like a precursor to reality television. Sure, it's a lot. It's a lot of things in common. Odie is a is a is a mute. Odie doesn't even say anything. He's just like the most stereotypical dumb dog character imaginable <laughs> like dumb dog taking are you criti- are you criticizing a dog character for not talking that's your main criticism of the dog okay well, it's pretty well established in the fiction of the garfield universe <laughs> that animals can speak so actually i'm not sure is he always speaking in thought bubbles i think i think garfield just thinks so in that, if that's the case oh doesn't even think he's got nothing in his brain he doesn't even have a thought bubble everybody knows that cats are smarter than dogs isn't that the trope that's a thing that people are expecting to have. No, I know. It's the trope, but it's the trope taken nowhere. It's that trope just driven off a cliff where it is never interesting or relating to the comic at all. It's just completely, it's, it's, a, non, it's a non-item. Uh, again, the poor vet that is always subjected to John's completely incompetent lust. The poor woman, the only woman in the whole comic strip. Uh, these characters, there's nothing likable about them. There's nothing relatable about them. There's nothing challenging about them. There's nothing that makes you think or feel or do anything out of the ordinary. You're just, you're just being blanded in the face with these horrible characters. That's the first reason why Garfield's bad. Second reason, no meaningful relationships. So not only are these boring characters, but they have no interesting relationship, relationships between each other, which is probably near impossible, if not extremely difficult to do, given that the characters themselves have absolutely no meat to them. Like, I, I will be hard-pressed to come up with a unique, interesting relationship to put into Garfield, but needless to say, they're absent because the characters are also completely lacking. So there are no interactions that are surprising. There are no relationships that make us think about anything or remind us of ourselves or people we know in our lives or whatever. It's just the most basic, incompetent human owns a cat, dog is dumb, whatever. Third reason, Garfield has basically no setting. Like, Garfield the comic strip takes place in the equivalent of the set from the room 
if the set from the room was somehow more bland and boring and there was nothing going on. Like, basically every comic just takes place, or like, uh, there's, a, there's a stripe at the bottom, which is either supposed to be a table or the floor, and there's a color behind, which is supposed to be a wall. Matt, can you tell me where does John Arbuckle live? Does he live in the city, in an apartment? Does he live in the suburbs, in a house? Does he live on a farm in, in, the, in a rural country where, where he has lots of space and land to his name? Where does John Arbuckle live? He lives in a house on a white piece of paper in a void of nothingness. What does this tell us about John Arbuckle? What can we gather about his character based on his surroundings? Like, there's a whole completely huge missed opportunity to put, inject a delightful, interesting setting into the thing that tells us more about the characters, tells us more about the surroundings, paints a more vivid picture of their relationships to each other, and it's completely left on the table. There's no setting. The setting is color square. That's it. I think in some, I think in some panels, there's a, there's a chair, like an armchair. I think that's about all we get. No setting. Bad. This is actually, this is pretty good. This is like a room you don't like where we can just go through all the things that fail and get a checklist of things that are required. Well, it's not that these things are required, right? Because I think we've established that if any one of these things were great, maybe that would be enough to carry this. It's not like you have to have all these things, but it's that if I go down a list long enough of all the things that are missing and nobody can respond with a thing that's present, then we slowly arrive at the justification that something might actually be bad. Are we doing this in injustice because I have nothing to lose in this Garfield fight? Should we get a Garfield fanatic on the show to come to Garfield's aid and tell us how deep and wonderful this character is? That would be a real conversation. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna have to show up. We'll have to do a follow-up show called Challenges, where people can challenge any Ooh. episode and call in. Ooh, I really like that. Uh, mm -hmm. I would love to have a Garfield head really explain some stuff to me. A lasagna head. <laughs> um, so the writing on the comic is terrible, uh, which we got at a little bit already with the flat characters and the lack of setting. That's all somewhat a product of the writing. But mm -hmm. the, the jokes are completely formulaic, and it's not a good formula. It's very predictable. Um, a lot of them, I would argue, don't even have the formula of a joke. Nothing even remotely unexpected happens. Nothing out of a pattern we expect happens. Um, you know, nothing is set up and then seen through to completion. Nothing, no expectation is subverted. It's just the goings-on in this horrible square box that exists somewhere in the world where this man lives with his cat. Well, you've been explaining this. I've been on the Garfield wiki, and I'm on the running gags page. And here's a really good example of one. Trees. Typical of a cat, Garfield frequently gets stuck in a tree after running around. This, yeah, see? <laughs> That's some deep stuff. I'm really thinking about some stuff over here now. No, but here's a, here's a real twist, Andy. You ready for this? Mm-hmm, I'm ready. Mailman. Garfield. Unlike typical cats, torments the mailman every chance he gets. You know who normally does that, Andy? Dogs? dogs. Yeah, dogs. Wow. Really it's makes real, you think. It's a real curveball. Really makes you think. <laughs> it's all simple, juvenile, like, it, 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 this is somewhat like the room in that it's like an alien trying to describe what they've observed as human behavior in some weird, through some weird lens. Uh, so the, the other reason I came up with why Garfield is, is bad is because it, I think it's still being produced. I, I, I may have missed my research, but I think it's still running in newspapers. And over the course of its like 30-year life, it has shown basically literally no growth. The, 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 the comic has not changed really one bit. The, the, the illustration style has evolved a little bit and become a little more cartoony and, and like bouncy. But the, the writing remains just as bad as it ever was. The, everything remains just as bad as it ever was. It has never once experimented with anything uh it's just a completely nothing comic strip 
So, any rebuttals? You want to defend no, Garfield at all? I have, nothing, I have no reason to defend Garfield. I mean, I guess if I'm going to uh, put up any sort of fight, man, you really, you really picked a thing that I just could not care less about. Did which you really see? speaks to ooh, the... <laughs> ooh, ooh, you really nailed it there, Matt, because that's most people's responses to an actually bad thing. It's just not caring at all about it. It's not hating it. Um, right. Maybe it's hating it if you're like me and you overthink things and you get real mad about how many people have wasted time reading Garfield comics. Were you just like pinned down and someone forced you to read Garfield in some sort of a prison camp? What happened to well, you? Well, I think something that happens to creative people is that, you know, we try really hard to make something, make something we think is good. And honestly, I think a big, and this is half the reason we do this podcast is for me, a big part of like the creative process for me and like my life as a creative person is trying to determine what I think is good and make those things. Uh, and so that leads me to analyze things. And when I come across something that is terrible, it's bad in basically every single way, and yet extremely successful, yeah, that puts a little bee in my bonnet a little bit. And it, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not the most mature reaction, I, I understand. It's a little bit like, uh, you know, short-sighted and simple-minded of me just to get mad at something that's, that's successful because it's bad. Uh, but I think there's a lot to learn from it because Garfield is extraordinarily successful it is by most measures the most successful comic of all time uh more so than the peanuts more so than anything else uh in terms of you know it's 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 time from from inception and launch to becoming like widely distributed across lots of different newspapers and the amount of money it's made it is by by many many measures a very very successful comic strip which is the only reason we even know about it right uh like would you know about garfield if not for uh, forget the Garfield comic, but if not for Garfield t-shirts and Garfield commercials and those little Garfields with suction cups on their feet that you can stick to car windows and Garfield on billboards and there's apparently a whole Garfield-themed restaurant uh, somewhere in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, without all these Garfield-related things, would you or I even be aware of it, really? No, I think if I didn't... Well, I, I definitely became aware of it because it's a comic, so I will give it that. But I think it's continued like space in my brain is mainly due to merchandising and like perpetuating the fact that it's successful for yeah. no other reason than being successful. Yeah. So this is a thing that Jim Davis knows and planned. Um, so for those people that don't know, and Matt, I can provide you some links you can put in the show notes. Uh, Garfield was basically designed to be the perfectly marketable character for a comic strip. Oh, uh, really? Oh, absolutely. Uh, basically, Jim Davis uh, was. A marketing person. He went to school for, for business uh, and, and got a job in advertising after he went to school for business and art. He was also an illustrator. Um, and he it has admitted in multiple interviews, has been totally transparent about it, that he basically invented Garfield because he wanted to make a, com a, com or a comic character that would be marketable, something that could be merchandised. Mm -hmm. uh, he noticed that Snoopy merchandise was very popular, more so than like, you know, Charlie Brown merchandise or, uh, you know, Pigpen merchandise. So he figured that the Animal Route was a, was a pretty good one. Uh, he noticed that of all the comic strips that were popular, there were some dogs represented, but there were no major cats in comic strips. And there were lots and lots of cat owners across the country that would probably be, you know, inclined a little bit to like a cat character. And so he basically manufactured this perfect, like, you know, silver bullet of a character, which is Garfield, uh, to be a marketing machine. He, uh, you know, he has been pretty forward about the fact that he doesn't care if the comic is funny. It's not a goal, necessarily, to make the comic funny. Uh, it's more a goal to make the comic something that supports this empire. 
Um, in recent interviews, relatively recent to the beginning of the strip, he's talked about how he spends as little as a couple days a month actually working on the strip. He now has a team of people that illustrate the whole thing, write most of the thing for him. He'll just be involved a little bit in the storyboarding. He spends the rest of his time trying to figure out how he can turn this into a business and merchandise it and sell it out to stuff. Um, and none of that is bad. That is not a reason why Garfield is bad. And I want to be clear about that because I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, whoa, we've been duped by this monster into liking this character, but actually it's just a way to make money. Uh, that's not why Garfield is bad. Garfield's bad for all the reasons I previously mentioned. This is only more evidence to point to the fact that this person never even tried to make it good. But by, by, by the way that, that I'm going to define good over the course of this entire show, good was <laughs> never a goal. The goal was sell things. The goal was capitalism. And in that regard, it's been hugely successful, right? Like every Garfield product is kind of designed, every, every comic, every movie of which there have been six, uh, every like Garfield thing is kind of designed to just be popular and recognizable enough to sell, but not so popular that it either becomes too popular or becomes too obvious and people start hating on it or this entire kind of like sham thing falls down around itself. Uh, it's, a, it's a business machine. Um, so that's the reason why Garfield has been incredibly successful in spite of being terrible. It's because the person behind it is basically a, a business genius. Like it, it's a genius business. Uh, so but it's what were... terrible art. It's a terrible <laughs> comic. I was going to say, uh, Garfield is a bad what exactly? Garfield is a bad comic. Garfield is a great logo. That's That's a bad comic, bad character, bad art, bad writing. I'll even say bad illustration. Uh, It is a great business. It is a great (laughs) moneymaker. It is great hashtag branding, great marketing. Uh, In all those ways, it is a great example of those things. Uh, But it's terrible art, terrible comic. I think that's fine. I can't leave it at that. I, I can't stand up for Garfield. He's just, he's the pet rock of his day. Ooh, Pet Rock. Let me put that on the topic list. That could be an interesting name. I'm kind of actually, because I, I would say that might be the closest thing. Pet Rock, uh, great business, bad toy, sculpture. No, see, but I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that a rock is a pretty cool toy. Oh. You know, it's like versatile, reminds you of the earth. My kids are getting a lot of rocks as gifts whenever they exist. Your kids are going to love you. They're, yep. they're, it's going to be thrilling to them. They're getting raw materials, tools. That kind of stuff. Well, I'm glad we have a, an, at least an answer for why Garfield is what it is. I was a bit worried that maybe when it started, wait, where did it start? 1978. Maybe they just didn't even have entertainment back then. I wasn't alive. Maybe, uh, maybe they just didn't have any concept of like fun or joy or entertainment. And then Garfield came along and they thought, well, this is a new idea. I don't know. This seems like, uh, this is almost like a joke. I hope sometime in the future people invent jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the kind of thing where... I'm glad that that backstory exists, and I'm glad that Jim Davis has been transparent about his motivations behind creating Garfield, because it makes it a little bit easier to explain to people that it's not good, (laughs) because for some people, that's an important measure. Um, I I, I do want to be clear that from my perspective, Matt, I I think our our kind of pillars we're trying to build on this show, uh, I maintain intent doesn't matter. I maintain it's possible Jim Davis could have set out to make a big multi-billion dollar business without caring at all about the quality of the comic he could have accidentally made a good comic it's not that his intent actually matters yeah um so to me that's not actually justification at all for why it's bad it's bad for all the reasons i said previously without him also having admitted that he doesn't really care if it's funny or whatever uh it's harder to convince people of that sometimes but those previous things are the reasons why it's bad because it doesn't have any of the things that comics or art or any of that kind of writing is 
It does. It doesn't, doesn't do anything to your brain. Nothing. It is just tofu that fills up space on the comic strip page and has the subtle reminder of a, of a, a brand, uh, a sort of thing you can market. Um, in that sense, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant little trick, a uh, brilliant little way to use that, <laughs> use those. Basically, he's using the comic pages of every newspaper in the country as free advertising for his <laughs> stuffed Garfield dolls, which pretty smart. I do hope someone comes out of the woodwork and is like, oh, no, no, I'm going to the mat for this Garfield character. And this is the thing. I, I do want to cover this, too, because I am so confident there are people out there that really love Garfield, the character, really love the brand, really love the whole thing. I'm even confident there are people out there that really love the horrible comic that is terrible. Mm-hmm. I, I guarantee there are those people that own every one of the, I'm sure, thousands of collections that Jim Davis has you know, cobbled together and sold over the years. Those people liking it does not make it good. I'm sorry, people. It's just bad. The same way that people liking McDonald's doesn't make it good, people buying Pet Rocks doesn't make it good. That's just not how this works. Am I getting closer to convincing you that popularity is not related to goodness? Yeah, we did that last show. Oh, good, great. We did that in the democracy, where it doesn't... My statement, which I feel like you never let me clarify my statement... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. I feel like uh, we've definitely settled that one. That one's totally fine. In democracy, we decided that popularity does not equal good but i'm always interested in in learning about it because it might maybe it goes somewhere maybe there's some reason for this Mm. yeah my trouble is you can say that about like literally anything like you could learn about literally anything and you'll go somewhere like it doesn't mean that learning about that thing was necessarily the best thing you could be learning about in that moment okay well we'll find we'll find some medium where we think that uh maybe there's something there's a little bit more than nothing to be discovered don't read Garfield, folks. But do read Garfield minus Garfield. Oh, yeah. That's actually another interesting thing. I feel like the, uh, the culture of changing Garfield in ways and the fact that those things that are changed are funnier than the original thing is also interesting to me. I don't have a, a good thesis about that yet, but I feel like the sort of remixing and appropriation of a thing, if the remixing and the appropriation of it is better than the original thing, that's a sign of something. Well, I mean, it's like mashing up a Coldplay song. Like, it's, you're almost bound to do... You could do almost anything, and then it'll just get a little bit better. Well, yeah, when you start with Coldplay. Well, I'm just saying you're starting with Garfield. Like, what do you think's going to happen? Is it going to get worse? <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm glad I've convinced you of Garfield being terrible. Garfield is bad. Okay. Settled. Put that on a list of rules that we figured out. 